When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to the New Books in Literature, a channel of the New Books Network. My name is Yakir Englander, and today I continue my journey to bring authentic voices from Israel and Palestine. I interviewed the poet and author Mati Shmuelov on his new book, The Price. In 2016, the German government announced a new prize for Hebrew writers around the world, the Berlin Prize for Hebrew Literature, which will return the Hebrew literary center to Berlin. Chezi, an Israeli guy of Iraqi descent who came to Berlin following his love for his German wife, Helena, is the first winner of the award for his book, Staying in Baghdad. On the morning of the victory, while Helena is having an abortion, a political storm arises in Israel due to his winning the prize. In this podcast, Mati and me, we spoke about the relationships between art and politics in Israel, about his choices to live in Berlin, a city symbolized more than any other place, the Holocaust, about the hybrid identities of him and his child as an Israeli with ancestors from Iraq and Iran, about leading life in Hebrew, German, Arabic, and English. We spoke about Israel as part of the Middle East, about peace and the conflict. Mati Shmuelov is an Arab Jew writer, poet, activist, author, and editor that was born and raised in Haifa, Israel. He is currently based in Berlin, Germany. He has already published 10 books, both in Israel and Germany. His writing is diverse. It includes fiction, poetry, plays, articles from magazines and newspapers, texts for art exhibitions, short stories, and more. His personal and artistic mission is to shine a light on injustice and discrimination. He looks to the past and to the future in order to find fresh new solutions for the present and work to bridge existing cultural diversities. Mati, hi. So nice hi. to have you here in the New Book Network. Thank you for having me. It's a gift. So Nati, let's speak about your, your new book, The Price. Um, and I think that one of the one of the uniqueness of this book that you touch the question of identities in in a in a in multiply layers, right? We have the identity of the Israeli hero, of a um, very complicated hero of the book, Chezi. We have also his partner, the German partner, um, Helena, and they are living 
he's living as an Israeli, and not just Israeli, but Israeli Iraqi Jew who doesn't know Arabic, maybe a little bit, and he's living in Berlin, but he's writing in Hebrew. And she's living with him, and we will come also to her complexity of identity very soon. But the book also speaks about a prize because Hezi is getting a prize by a German, by the German government, who wants to give prize for a book which was written in Hebrew. And then the question is, who should get this prize? Right? And there is the artistic question, which is fast, which is maybe the most important one. But it looks that no one is asking the question, what's the artistic element of this book that Hezi wrote, <laughs> right? But only about the politics. So before we will dive into the identities, I wonder if you can share with us a little bit about where this book was born from. Mm. Well, um, I, uh, I immigrated to Berlin, emigrated to Berlin on 2013, on the end of 2013, and while writing a short storybook um, that was, uh, I had a contract with Morabitan, the biggest publisher in Israel, and um, by moving to Berlin, I uh, wrote the last chapter, or it was a short collection of stories, so I wrote the last chapter, uh, the short stories read in Berlin, because I knew that I had still time until the due date of the book. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I published it in 2014 in Israel. And I got a very uh, happy message from the publisher who said, we, um, we just... Uh, we just submit your book to Sapir Prize. Usually, um, Sapir Prize is the most prestigious uh, prize for fiction, like Booker Prize and others in Israel. And usually, the writers are fighting on it to be submitted because there's a little amount of places. Um, yeah, so I was uh, I was happy that they chose me. And and then after I think a month or so, I got a letter from an email from the publisher saying. Well, the Sapir Prize um, a Lottery uh, Artistic uh, Committee, which the Sapir Prize is, is funded by the lottery um, fund, like in other countries when the cultural minister is not funding uh, the prize. And, and they uh, just announced um, um, in the la last month that the Sapir Prize will be open only for residents of Israel. So... Um, People who are living outside of Israel, they, they cannot apply to uh, Israelis who live outside of Israel, cannot apply to this prize. Saying that, I was just a new uh, new uh, immigrant. I didn't know that it is immigration. I just left to Berlin to take some time off because I was invited um, to a, a translation workshop and I liked the city and I thought to myself, I can try a few months living there. So I wasn't really a resident of Berlin. I don't have a, any European passport. But they were really wishes. They wrote to me on the email, you have to answer us, uh, Matty has to answer us for in a day, and he has to explain why he writes a, um, a column from Berlin and why did he, he wrote that he, he left to Berlin on the book. And I, I, I didn't know what to do. I felt really anxious, so I uh, wrote it on Facebook if there's any uh, lawyer that can help me. And then... Um, uh, a, a lawyer came and helped me uh, without uh, without money, and he told me that I can say whatever I want about myself. It's subjective, 
and that I'm not, I, 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 I still residents of Israel and my focus on, on my life is in Israel. So I answered them, they never replied and never got any answer whether my book was back to the list and was read by the judges or not. But this traumatic feeling of being excluded from your own country just little time after you left, you know, if I was, if I was, I was registered to learn German, that's why my visas, but if I was a, I don't know, second degree or third degree uh, student, Nobody will say that, but it was feeling, I felt that they were punishing me for writing a column about living in Berlin in my first months um, in Aretz, um, the liberal newspaper, and also kind of, you know, I felt that, you know, this book was written mostly in Israel for five years, so in one moment, you know, all the dream that I will be playing in the professional league, you know, of writers, can be blown up only because of the place. And it's not about meaning. There's no meaning to the place even yet because I was so fresh here in the city. I, okay, today I have a family. I live in almost 10 years. But back then it was just, uh, I just left and already been punished. You know, I felt like, what's happening here? What's, why it's happened? So I wanted to write this book. It took me a while to understand what is this all about and how can I write it. Thank you. It's so interesting because one of the things that we know about immigrants And I think, in, and in Hebrew, we even have words of that, for that, is that the first years of immigration, at least for many Israelis who live in the diaspora, they are living as if they are only on a visit, right? They are living yeah. and the suitcase are still closed. It's not, it's like they are open, but they don't put it in the keyboard. And they are living what we call in Chutz La'aretz, like outside of Israel, but they don't live in a place, which, and then, come the question, do you live in the diaspora, in the Tfutsot, or do you live in the Galut, in the exile, which is such a different attitude and identity? And um, Chezi, in a way, it's also the question because he is dating with a German woman, so maybe in a way he really wants to be accepted. And maybe he wants to be accepted because he was never fully accepted in Israel, right? So can you share a little bit about um, the identity of Chezi and, and even the name Chezi, like he's, what's happening there in, inside himself? And um, because in the book, the book starts with very clear, um, uh, um, you know, rhythm of the book. And we know what's really happening. But then from the middle of the book, I felt as I was reading it that I came inside a tornado of feelings and the drugs just make it even to be more obscure. So can you share a little bit about the identity of Chezi? Yeah. So um, to those uh, English uh, listeners that listen to us, um, we have to explain that Chezi is from an Iraqi family. The Iraqi Jews were... Uh, Um, a big community who immigrated almost fully to Israel in 51. Um, but before that, there were hundreds of years living in Babylon or Babel or Iraq today, um, being accepted and integrated to some level and also being excluded to some level because of the Jewishness. But nevertheless, there was some kind of uh, synchronism between their Jewishness and Arabness. It wasn't uh, the national in time when you have to choose whether you are Jewish and then those Zionists or 
uh, Arab, those uh, Iraqi or other nationality in the Arab world. Um, so goes back also to the book that he won about it's it's about the grandfather who um, didn't immigrate to Israel and stayed and married a, and and went into conversion to Islam and also married an Islamic woman and so his Hebrew Jewish wife left to Israel and he had a second wife as part of the Islamic world and never been fully accepted also there so I. This is the first layer, the grandfather, and also the, the story of the Iraqi Jews as part of the Arab Jews that living in the Islam world and never been accepted. Also in Israel, when Hezi grew up in a family that was kind of uh, dysfunctional, his father was an uh, alcohol addict, and so he was pushed out of the house and uh, until he, he get um, fully um, um, sober, but also never went back to, to live with his mother. So his mother was a... Um, a single mother, um, always on the margins of, uh, but a strong woman, but on the margins of Israel in the southern town of Dimona, in the desert, uh, the Negev desert, uh, where the, most of the Arab Jews were uh, located uh, with intent in Israel to uh, marginalize them. And um, so he came from this marginalization inside his family, also geographically and ethically, uh, because his ethnic group, the Mizrahi, the Arab Jews, are uh, where uh, he didn't learn about his culture. For instance, in the school, 12 years of school, he never read about uh, Iraq, but he still read uh, it, about it uh, when he was curious enough to go to the library. So when he goes to Germany, he has all these layers on him, but still he has this, um, he has this shield, which is, I'm a writer, so he can walk as a cleaner of um, uh, in a bar he cleans the, the dishes for six euro a, uh, an hour and he says to himself I'm a writer and when he wins he thinks I'm winning also as part of my marginality of my, of my subversive identity of my inability to succeed in Israel and to be accepted fully so here I bring this new term of being an Arab Jew and an Israeli I and he able, and he's becoming more and more um, strong on one hand. On the other end, on the same day, his wife uh, um, is, uh, lost her child or uh, um, had a miscarriage, a natural miscarriage uh, by the by the not not a, not by accident, but by the body. It's it's goes in the three. So he has this uh, big um, crucial, um, yeah, um, crisis, and. Through the crisis of that he's going through uh, by winning the prize and having kind of failing relationship, uh, I think uh, you can hear the cracks in his identity. Uh, you understand that he will never be part, fully part, full part of the German society because you have to have full control of your language, and he doesn't have it. He couldn't be full part of Arab world because he doesn't have full control of the, for instance, on the Arab language, as he said. He cannot be full part of the Israelis because he left to Berlin. So he's kind of in between wanting to connect this, to, to, to make this hybrid uh, identity that connects this uh, hyphen identity. So he, he wants to be both Israelis and German, to be both Arab Jew and uh, part of the Arab world. And uh, all these places that doesn't connect in the reality, in the national imagination, because Germany belongs to Germans and Israel belongs to Israel, Arab world belongs to the Arab world, and he wants to, to, his body has this 
these identities because he's married to a German and his mother was born in Baghdad and so he wants and he was born in Israel. He wants to connect in one body all these ice um, and identities. Thank you. So let's hold Hezi for a second and let's go to Mati. And yeah. Mati, you are part of the generation of the first um, native Israelis um, from Mizrahi background because they write the writers of the last generation, like Sami Michael and others, they they were the immigrants. And you are part of the of the generation of the natives, Israelis. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And you are known in Israel also as a political poet and writer. And um and we'll speak later also about poetry and who and questions around um, money and status. Let, let, we will do it later. And I wonder if you can share with us a little bit about our, your generation, my generation. Um, my parents coming, came after the Holocaust to, from, to, from Europe. So we are the first generation um, natives. And something about the identity of the people who are born in Israel, but still feel that something is not native for them. Mm. And you choose to live in Berlin. Interesting, I'm living in Philadelphia. We are going back to be the exiled Jew who yeah. transfer. But yeah. also we are in the 21st century where it's very easy in a way to do it, right? I mean, mm. I you work a lot in Hebrew and you do it in Berlin, but what is Berlin? It's like five hours flight from Tel Aviv. Exactly. And uh, you can read the newspaper online, the Aretz or Ynet or whatever you yeah. want. You can read. Mm. But there is also the price, which is the people who decide who is a real Israeli. And I wonder if you can share with the readers, what are the big questions that you, as a political poet and writer, you are asking? Um, yeah. yeah, I understand the, the question. Uh, it's funny because... Um, for me, I'll start with, with one of the, the things you said. For me, uh, first of all, political is something that I I truly believed in Israel and, and in, in fighting to, to improve the life of Israelis and Palestinians and to fight for peace um, and social justice. But, you know, from the moment I left and I cannot vote from here, in, okay, you cannot vote to Israel outside of Israel. That's a law. You can only vote in Israel. It's not like in the U.S. or other countries. And second of all, I cannot vote to Berlin or Germany because I my status still is married to a German, and so I'm not a resident or a citizen here still. Even if when I will get the residency, I cannot even vote. So I'm living in a limbo politically. So politically, I can write. I want to ask this. I can write in my Facebook or I have a column in Aretz or which I'm doing sometimes, but I'm, or in Berlin Zeitung, but still it's a it's from the outside it's, i cannot i'm not fully um, participating in democratic game um, by both countries so i i feel that the, the the term political and social writer it's it's true to my to my consciousness and to my art but it's not true um to the idea of political um now, yeah, I grew up in the 70s, and the 70s um, generation of the of the Arab Jews or the Mizrahi people in Israel, they were never were most of them were not in the um, in the Arab states. They um, don't speak mostly the uh, the grandmother or parents Arabic uh, language, 
and they um, they only heard stories about uh, these um, places. Um, but it, it is very important for them in their identity. That's why in 2007, I edited the book in Amoved, an anthology called, it, uh, we called it uh, um, Echo, Echo in Identities, to Dot And we talked about the third Mizrahi generation, which means that the, the first generation is the, the 30s and the 40s. Uh, they all grew up in the Arab states and immigrated or um, to Israel. Some, some of those were Zionists, some not. Second generation is the, the 50s and 60s, where you know mostly the, it's the Moroccans and the North Africans who immigrated to Israel, and they also have memories of the place and the language, the strong language, uh, because this, their villages were really Moroccan and and they hold on to the language. But the, the third generation, it's only I think the Iranian Jews had the memory of Tehran because they came in the eight, they immigrated in the 80s to Israel, so they didn't have any memories but still as he said we have we have we have today maybe a strong uh, back then it was a sense of of uh, insecurity of uh, of a second level citizens of when you it's take when i was young i couldn't i felt this insecurity because it, when i went home i they speak iraqi my grandmother with my mother and they have iraqi culture and food and and a lot of values and or I also come from Iranian and Syrian families, which is also another story. But when I went to the school, it was Ashkenazi teachers, which European Jews teachers, and never been learned nothing about the Middle East, uh, where my parents and grandparents came from. So, you know, we, later on, I called it like a, I'm a, I'm a robot. You know, they put me this software or all this understanding about Europe, but I don't know nothing about the place. But throughout the years, of course, my generation taught himself through poetry, through music, through anthologies, through um, empowerment, through culture. And we are today much more educated than what we uh, got from Israel. Um, yeah, so um, we used this third generation because we learned it from the Ashkenazi because the third generation to us, course. But of course, it's different trauma. Um, saying that, um, yeah, um, Berlin is a, a lot of people, when I told them that I'm moving to Berlin, they said, why are you not going to Marrakesh or I don't know, some Arabic place uh, that can Israeli can live? But yeah, why not? Europe belongs to uh, Arab Jews and to European Jews. And uh, I feel it uh, it's a good place. Uh, today, as you said, it's global war. So I have to choose whether I walk in Hebrew or in English. Sometimes I write a column for Australian Jewish magazine. By living here, about living in Berlin, sometimes I write in Hebrew. Um, it depends to whom I want to pitch my words, and then I have to also think about the context, as you mentioned. And uh, yeah, um, I think my poetry and my art change severely from moving out of Israel because the questions are severely different. Uh, out of Israel, the question of uh, of citizenship is important, but it's more about I think the question of Jewishness is much more important than nationality. In Israel, your national questions are stronger than sometimes for people who grew up like me. I mean, I grew up in a Masorti secular family, but today the question of Judaism is really important to me because you I share it out of my nationality. Yeah, for instance, uh, if I had a boy, should I circumcise him or not? Um, I had a, I, I have one child, it's, it's a girl, or... The question, what do I give to her? Shall we go uh, on 
on on on Saturday to the synagogue, or shall I go to return to the market with the neighborhood market of the of the uh, farmers? Shall I uh, speak with her Hebrew or German? Shall I? Um, yeah, it's a lot of question of uh, tradition. What do I give her and for my traditions and why, what do I don't give her? So for instance, I try to sing her songs in Hebrew, but not in English, although I love English songs like the Beatles or others. So uh, I try to speak with her only Hebrew so she'll get the Hebrew, but sometimes I'm afraid she, that her German is not good because her Hebrew is good. And so <laughs> I'm afraid that she won't be comfortable with other German kids. and. Um, there's a lot of uh, places of crises, you know. Now, for instance, the grandmother, the German grandmother, she she taught her about Jesus and Maria. And every time I say Israel, she said, you know, uh, in German, she said to me, Papa, Joseph uh, and Maria come out, out of uh, Israel. And uh, for me, she said that in front of the Israeli family. And we grew up when Christianity was, a, was not in the space. It was the Messianic movement of the Christianity was the, the enemy of the Jewishness back then. And now I have to accept it that, yeah, the, this is part of the life. She has the story of Joseph and Maria, and after that, the story of Exodus from Egypt. And this is lived together in the same mind and soul. I have a few questions around that, because I think that you take us to a journey, and soon we will come back to Hezi, but, um, uh, and to the book, The Price. But um, Mati, um, she was born, as I understand, in Germany, right? Yeah. Yeah, and may I ask what the names that you gave her? Yeah, we, we found a name that it's both Christian and Jewish. So it's uh, Elisha in Hebrew, mm-hmm. which is a queer, it's usually Elisha, it's for men. It was a prophet, but we use it for women. as a lot of you using names for women, so uh, for men, so for women like Yuval or others. So, and in English, in English, it's Elisa. In Deutsch, it's Elisa uh, or Lysia or Lisa. So it works on, on all yeah. ways. Yeah. But I love that in Hebrew it means God, please save me. Um, yeah, it's a redemption <laughs> from God, yeah. So it's interesting. Do you think to her um, pew team, like um, yeah. Jewish, Arab um, music? Yeah. Yes. So you bring things that you, you, you got from home or it was not part of your background? It is part of my background. It's uh, just, uh, you know, reconstruction. So... Yeah, it's 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 um, it is. I think uh, people, my friends that grew up in secular families and didn't have the tradition, a lot of time it feels like something so odd that there's something there's a there's a God thing that you have to thank Him in these songs. But for me, it's uh, when I sing it, I sing it with uh, with belief and with uh, with love of my father. So it's a uh, it goes through the songs, even if their songs are not being used in the family. So fascinating, it's fascinating. It's fascinating that we bring new layers of identity to to our kids, <laughs> right? I mean, she's not going to have only grandparents now from Iraq, Jewish, but also a Christian and her father, and she's doing it in Berlin from all places, yeah. right? And and she's going to be a mix of all of that, and and she's and. Yeah, she's already yes. And let's go back to the to 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 your book. And I'm thinking about so maybe to have multiply layers of identity can be a curse, but it can be also a blessing. And it's a question of how much the society around us 
give us the space to accept who we are. Because I think one of the challenges of Chesi is that he's never accepted and the price was a way for him to feel accepted. But from the moment, and here I want to come to the question of what is the price and what is a curse, from the moment that he gets the prize, it becomes a curse because no one really cares about what he wrote. The question is about the loyalty and the loyalty to whom. And, um, and we have uh, Nimrod uh, from Israel who deeply, deeply critique him and fascinating, by the way, to call him Nimrod, who was the one who rebelled against God in the Bible, right? Yeah. But it's such an Israeli Zionist secular name yeah. Um, which is fascinating here. And I wonder if you can, I want to take you to a moment to 2000 and I think 10, when you wrote, and in, I love your poetry so much, Mati. Thank you. And you wrote about the Kasefet Ashira, the safety deposit box of yeah. poetry. And yeah. you claim that there is something about that we needed to open this safety box to Mizrahi Jew too. And in a way you profit, what would happen to you? Can you share about this question about poetry and literature and politics? Yeah, there's a lot of questions. I think not only one, you uh, I'll try to, to, to tackle and to answer all of them. So first, um, I think something with prizes, um, it's also connected to acceptance. When you get a prize, you accept it. Um, but I, I know, I know, I know really famous writers, uh, and I know that it's the, the, the hunger is never filled. You get this prize, and then you say, no, I didn't get the other prize. Why? And then when you get the other <laughs> prize, I, so I, I know it, I, I can be sure that Hezi, even if he, got the price uh, fully, um, it won't be accepted. I think it's a, there's a, I don't know if it's only identity or it's also psychological or something in between the social, the social and the individual, you know, um, structure of the, of the, of the self or something in the meeting between the subjective and the objective. But uh, I don't know if I feel that he's, he was, he, uh, it feels like also, you know, I took I took example of his character from Bob Dylan. They, they never liked this idea of being accepted by any prize. And even the Nobel Prize, you ask yourself, how can a man can didn't get get him like answer the phone, you know, to the Nobel Prize? And this is the character who, who, who despises prizes. But I think uh, most of us are not despising prizes. We are we accept the idea that the Jew, Jewry knows what is the best or that the best will come out of it. And and so we succumb to this politics of it. And then in the politics, we forget about the art. We are, we, are, we forget the moment that we open the book and we want to read it again and again because it was such a moment of intimacy between us and the writer, uh, man or woman. And um, so in this book, you... I tried as much to show that he, he wrote a beautiful book, that his book is interesting. That uh, And, you know, even after the people read the book, told me, please write his book. They want <laughs> to read this book, you know, and I said to myself, wow, that's an interesting idea. I, I only had the, the idea of the book, but I never wrote it down. So, um, so again, the, the, the question of aesthetics comes out of the people who wrote the read the politics. So 
I think about it seriously, actually. Um, yeah, to the other question, yeah, um, before I, I, I was part of a movement, of a social movement that was erupted in 2011, but we started, as we called ourselves, guerrilla culture, as a movement to, to connect the, polit the social and the political without knowing that we are part of a great movement. We wanted just to use our power to, as editors and poets to, to create something bigger and to help workers in strikes. And so we went to streets and we did solidarity movement of poetry with um, lots of um, social struggles. And then when came 2011, there was um, big eruptions of million people walking in the streets and shouting social justice and they want social justice. So we were the poets of that movement in, in, so, in some sense. And um, in that, I wrote this poet, poet, Why Don't I Write Israeli um, Love Songs, in order to show that one day we have to open the, 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 the safe of poetry in order to give everybody universalism and part and equal part in the share of, 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 of this sh share common good. And saying that, um, when I left to Berlin, I think... Uh, um, I still believe in, in this universalism, but um, I, I more succumb to the to the disfragmentation that happens as an immigration to your national identity. So it's not you cannot, for instance, to read this poem here. It's really hard for me. It's really hard for me. I'm standing in front of Europeans. Okay, of course, in front of the Palestinians, it's always important, or the queer or feminist, because it talks about queer and feminist, but. In front of the Israelis, it sounds like, you know, you're knocking on the door from outside, but it's, I'm, I'm in a different point of view. You have to have, a, a, my soul is, it's became the soul of an immigrant and the layers, it, it's more, I'm, so Hezi is, is an embitterment of, of, um, of a guy who doesn't have this, I, I was once a political figure, he wasn't, so he, he wasn't a social figure, so he doesn't know what to do in this, in this new moment of his life being kind of a leader, you know, winning a prize of the diaspora. Um, and he's falling apart and you hear what's happening inside of him and her, but I think that I'm totally different. Um, I had the time to uh, figure it out, to let it go through my art, to, to write about it and to, to analyze it every moment. But he... It, I think he's much more green as an immigrant, so it's much more. He's he doesn't have a, 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 a skin, so you can see everything. It's really transparent. So it's so raw. It's so raw, right? Yeah, um, and of course the drugs make it the drugs. stronger. The drugs are making it into a, a bullet. How do you call it? Right, uh, like horic, almost like hurricane of. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, and then we have the native. And the native, the partner that he chose to live with, Helena. Yeah. And Helena, she is a native who wished to have people as Hezi next to her in Germany because she's working with immigrants, with NGOs, complex relationship with the parents, how much they are for that or against it. But she also slowly understands that there is a price, um, not a prize, but a price, for living with an immigrant, right? Mm, and yeah. there is something about the body. And, and I think this is where the drugs and the body is so strong in your book because her body doesn't want to hold the babies, the fruits of the love oh, wow. of both of them. 
Interesting. And also the description of her book, Mati. You choose to describe her book, and it's almost um, a non-gender body, right? Because she, she has a body with, um, with some feminine elements, but yeah. also you describe it in a term from the Bible, which is fascinating, by the way, very na'ari, like a very almost masculine, but it's not masculine, it's like yeah. beyond gender, Bo- right? Bo- boyish. In- boyish, yeah. boyish, boyish. And yeah. she wants to create life because she wants to have the fruit. She wants to see the succeed of her work, right? Yeah. But it's collapsed too. Mm. Thank you. It's really interesting uh, interpretation. Uh, I cut. You have a question or should yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. My question uh, is, so... can you share a little bit about the Helena that you meet there in Berlin? Yeah. So um, my wife is East German. <laughs> So first of all, I wanted not to, although it's it's connected uh, the Easterness of the East Germans in front of the Westerness of the West German and my Easterness and Eastern Jew and the Westerness of the European Jews, but I wanted to have a Western German, uh, so it won't be my wife. <laughs> um, but it's very interesting, your interpretation, and I, I never thought about it, so I, I thank you for that, to the idea that the body did it because it couldn't hold it. Well, I think, first of all, as an Israeli, um, we all were sons and daughters of immigrants. Only little, to those who don't know, only little part of the Israeli society were living before 48 in Israel. Little part. I mean, um, it's, we call them the old the, the settlements. It's the, 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 the immigrants that came before the Zionists there or living there for hundreds of years in Sfat or in other cities in Jerusalem. So we grew up in a, in a, in a land when, they, uh, when we watched all these, um, all these collusions, tectonic collusion. I mean, your parents were European Jews coming to living in, a, in the, the, the end of a, the, in Asia, which was, Asia was a, a monument that people used to curse when they were in, in Europe. They said, Dubist Asiatis, Asiati, Asiati, it's, a, it's come from Asia, it's not good. It was a derogative, and oh, my parents, even the meeting between Iraqi and Iranian Jew, it's a meeting of two different worlds, I tell you, it's two different worlds. And not only that, it's only the meeting with the Palestinian, with the regime, with the, 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 the idea of nationalism, everything was melted into what they call melting pot, and people criticize it strongly today, also criticize the melting pot in the US or in Australia. But... Uh, um, yeah, so for me, I I felt that this this is an immigrant about immigration. It's it's a, uh, this is a novel about immigration. It's a I have to show the this collusion. This uh, and of course Israelis and Germans. They, it's also a story that there's a tragic end in the 70 years ago. So I mean Jewish and German. So it, it's also this layer that comes. We cannot avoid it by living in Berlin. Which the, the history is everywhere, and uh, I wanted to, to 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 that this 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 relationship will be open for the public to be seen um, in the most vi- vibrant and and life. So they they have sex, they have drugs, they have other relationships. They're going to clubs. They they dissolve. They they they, they fight in the rain and everything. I wanted. I I was really much a. Um, Influenced by Fatih Akin, is a Turkish German 
director that did uh, in the start of his career really good movies yes. and I wanted also that it will be bloody kind of I don't I didn't want that it will be really eye culture and irony and it only uh, you know subtle no I wanted it to be that you will see that you cannot just you know everybody is celebrating in Germany in a way this life of the, the return of Israelis or Jewish to to Berlin but in this novel I wanted to show that it's not so easy. It's not so easy your family is afraid from uh, Arab culture and as you know there's a maybe a quarter or less than German that voting for the uh, far right in Germany life there which is a uh, is only the biggest flag of it it's it's uh, Islamophobia and um, after the after that Germany accepted one million and more refugees uh, from Syria and Afghanistan and other places uh, in 2000 in 2015. Um, and his family is more like um, is, uh, is, is did don't accept is living with a non-jew and don't, don't didn't accept also that he married a German so it's two different cat- categories but goes together with his marriage with um, and Elena so I wanted to have these two layers of kind of Romeo and Juliet of The social uh, context doesn't allow them, but they're still fighting for it. And then comes other uh, influences and pressures to, that makes it even harder to, uh, to hold on, but they do it and they, yeah. I, thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, and I'm thinking about the journey of Elena and the journey of Hezi. And maybe we come, as we come to the end, is the question of can they make children or can they make fruits can we make books and who are going to read our books and I'm just thinking about our dialogue that it's so such a gift um, that we can bring your voice even I mean you know until your book is going to people can read it in English and in German hopefully and hopefully yeah. in Arabic too right yeah right and, and there is I hope that there is a hope that With your daughter Elisha that maybe <laughs> she will be more saved than um, you know the complexity of identities and yeah. maybe it will become richness of identity um, so my last question for you Mati is mm-hmm. since you were so involved in um, in politics and the place of literature and poetry inside uh, the politics now that you are living a few good years in outside of Israel you mm. Do you see new things from outside around the question of identity and the dance among identities with uh, mm. in our generation? Um, yeah, I can um, for instance, I, uh, I, I think in Israel a lot of time the discourse about the Holocaust is very much politicized by the government in order to say, They try to kill us and eliminate us, so our answer is a strong army. We will uh, flew um, f sixteen over Auschwitz every year, and we will take our soldiers as teenagers in in teens in high school to the concentration camps in Poland before then going to the to be three years in the army in order to understand that it will be never be happening again and and I think i uh I wrote a poem once, uh, don't tell me about 
the Holocaust if you want to, uh, if you don't recognize the occupation of the Palestinian, don't, don't, uh, don't tell me about the Holocaust if you, uh, if you, if you are using racist slurs to the Russian Jews, don't, and it goes all the, all the list is long of the mis of the crimes of Israeli society. And by living, and today by living here, you know, they called me once from Galitzal, from the radio of Israel, and they asked me out in the International Holocaust Day, and they asked me, how, how do you feel today in the Holocaust Day, International Day? And I said, well, every day here I, I think about it. It's not only in one day. So mm. in that sense, after emigrating out of Israel, I learned to, uh, I saw the Holocaust from a different point of view, which is a, uh, the inside of the German society, um, the in, and uh, and it takes me much more deeper um, interest in dialogue uh, with these Jews who were massacred, and uh, and also with the people who cared about them. For instance, I love Zebald, who wrote about the Jewish uh, fate after the World War, and I love his books. Um, so yeah, living outside gives you a. It's, it makes you uh, feel uh, as a whole. And yeah, and the past leaves you away, the, the, the places where you were full of rage and anger, where you couldn't even open your heart to another burning heart. And here, I think Berlin for opening the heart, of course, to this catastrophe that maybe um, I, you want to have a different kind of story, but it's also important to to go into this catastrophe and to open the heart to it and to accept it and to learn about it as much as you can every each day. Mati, thank you so much for writing the prize and thank you so much for joining us today at the New Books Network. Thank you for having me here and thank you for this wonderful project. <laughs>